is um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and I want to bring you a message along the lines of team. And again, as we consider some thoughts on team here today, I want you to understand that things fare best as a team, things function best as a team, and uh, I encourage you to be part of a team. And again, uh, every one of us may be a part of a team, whether we think we're part of a team or not. But again, I want to consider some thoughts on team here today. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse number 9 through verse number 12. Uh, the Bible explains that things are done better by more than just one. Verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not want another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a uh, threefold cord is not quickly broken. I want to bring a message here just simply entitled, Things are best found in teams. Things are found best in teams. Let's go ahead and pray as we consider this thought here. Father, thank you again for your word here today, and uh, we do thank you again for the ability to be part of a team, a spiritual team, a church, uh, certainly a team you may be a part of as a family, uh, maybe a team as far as, uh, again, sports or music or whatever it might be, or again, maybe in in a place of business. Father, help us again to, again, perform in a team as Uh, We should, and help us again by your grace to understand what team is about. And again, as we explore some things on this thought here today, help us to see that things work best in twos, threes, or more, rather than just by one. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to mention, how would a team function if it had but one member? I got a quarterback, but you don't have a receiver. I got a quarterback and a receiver, but I don't have a line. Imagine one team having all their members and then your team having but a few members. You would say, well, I tell you what, that's not fair. Those teams need to be lined up against each other with equal amounts of members. And I know, I know when we think of uh, teams, we often think of football and maybe we think of uh, maybe baseball or maybe some other thing. I don't know what you think about when it comes to team. Maybe you you work in a team, so the first thing comes to mind, you think about my work team or my home team or whatever it comes together when it comes to team. But I just want to mention things function best in teams. The larger the team, the better lots of time the team. The more cooperative the team, the better the team. The more uh, together the team, the better the team. And so when I think about teams, I think things work best in teams. And I know that things work best in teams. Not just based on my philosophies, but also based on this passage of Scripture and others. It says in verse number 9, I just want to start here, two are better than one. Two are better than one. I'd rather have two than one any day. If I was going to be in a fight, I'd rather have two on my side than one. If I was again in a, in a place where I had to outlast an opponent, I'd want two over one. Two are better than one. And then it goes on, for they have a good reward for their labor. 
They're working together again, produces an effect. Again, maybe a team of loggers. Again, we don't usually see teams of loggers necessarily today, but again, if you go out to a place where they forest trees, you'll find, again, uh, times where it talks about logging. I, I looked at a sleigh. The first time I ever seen a sleigh here just a few days ago. Have you ever seen a wood sleigh? I mean, where they carry logs away. I mean, I think about just the building of that thing. And then I think about the team of horses that have to pull that sleigh. And I think about the team of builders probably that went together to build that sleigh. That, uh, that, that and I think about there's metal work that's done on that sleigh. And there's woodwork done on that sleigh. And there takes a lot of things, again, to happen for that sleigh. And how that sleigh would have been pulled through the wilderness. How it would have been pulled more likely to a place like a waterway or whatever it might be to take it down the river like take it down the Mississippi River. And, and as I was for the first time in, in the Itasca State Park, I, I found out that the head of the Mississippi is there. People say, didn't you know that? No, I didn't know the head of the Mississippi was in, in uh, Minnesota. And I didn't know it was in a particular park. And I didn't know that if you dropped a drop of water there, it takes 90 days to get down to the, the ocean and how water will travel all the way down that waterway, and how in the past they used, again, waterways to uh, bring different things down to different markets and cities, and how a person would come to, maybe that logger would come to that, that waterway, and he'd drop off his logs, and his logs would go down the river, and there would be men upon those logs that would roll those logs and keep those logs moving, or there might be, again, a barge that they put those logs upon, and how those logs would go to market, and all these things encompass in bringing you house, a building, something you need. You know, things function best in teams. Think about corporations, a, a team working together as a corporation, a conglomerate of people working together to see a product brought to market and a product sold. Think about how family, again, functions as a team as they have things to do in their life, both mom and dad and, and children or whatever it might be in that family. Think about a church, how it needs to function as a team, again, gathering together and functioning by praying and, and reading the Bible and seeking to spread the gospel. I think about the military. Imagine a military that didn't have much of a team. Imagine you having a thousand on your team and a million on another team who's going to win, obviously, the team with a million. We often overlook how needful a team is. But yet in this passage, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for the labor. It goes on and says in verse 10, For if they fall, the one will lift up the fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him. You know why there's a good need for teams? Because there's a need for people to have help. People do need help. I need help. Everyone needs help. And if I fall or someone falls or anyone falls, the Bible says, woe to him that falleth. He hath not another to help him. And so it's good to be part of a team. Again, it's not good that a man should live alone. It mentions there back in Genesis. And so God gave, again, Adam, Eve, to be a help to him and uh, to their household. It goes on and says, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, that is, the one who's alone, two shall withstand him, and a threefold core is not quickly broken. 
Why do people often travel at night to gather in teams? For protection. For protection. You know, if I was going to a place like Chicago, I would like to have myself, maybe another guy like myself, and another guy even stronger than myself if I'm going to travel in places in Chicago at night. I've heard that going out after four in Baltimore, this is in the United States, is dangerous as a child. Can you imagine that? Just being out at four by yourself as a child in Baltimore, Maryland, being dangerous. Again, as we think about teams, the Bible teaches us some things about teams here, and I just want to mention them to begin with, and we'll talk about some other things. But the first thing I want you to know about teams is two can outwork and outperform one. We see that in verse number one. It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Two can outperform one. And I'm not saying this in all cases, but again, in most cases, two can outperform, outwork, outperform, outlast one. You know, if I had somewhere to run and it was a distance race or it was a distance event, in other words, I had to run as far as I could run and I could have someone else run alongside me, I'd like to have someone other than just myself. And you would too. Again, I think about the days when they, they took, again, mail. They traveled from place to place, from post office to post office. They did this to begin to gather and post-type work as runners. One would run to one location, and another would uh, bring, again, mail to the next location, another to the next location, on and on and go. And then they, they had the concept of using horses, and horses would travel. Again, bringing post office and postal-type mail and things along that lines, And uh, people would travel... Uh, using two. They had the horse and themselves, and they had the horse and another person who had a horse, and they would travel that way. The concept that two can outperform or outlast one is found in, in the Bible and also found in real life. But also said two will receive a reward for their work. And so that's a good thing to understand here. It says they have a good reward for their labor. Two can receive a reward for their work. God is for people working together and finding a reward together. The fact is, God would have us to work in teams. The team concept is certainly found in the scripture. Again, in verse number 10, it says, For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that falleth when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him. You know, it says in verse number 10, all people fall. Do you realize that? Everyone falls. Some fall alone. Some fall, some fall with others that can assist them. And so if one falls, it's best to be in a place where someone can come along and help pick you up. Certainly we want to be able to lift each other up, being a part of a team. And so there's this need for a team. And then lastly, there in verse number 11, these are just some initial thoughts here. Where there are two or more, there's greater strength. It says this, And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Again, someone going against one may not be able to withstand them. But if there's two, and if there's three, it's not likely that the one 
We'll overcome the two or the three. There's greater strength in twos or threes or even more. And so we see some things about teens here in Ecclesiastes. We see things about teens in nature. I just want to mention that. Again, there's some good thoughts about teen in nature. Again, you may not, again, like the wolf, and you might not like wild dogs. But they work together to gain food, don't they not? Again, a pack of wolves or a pack of wild dogs are able to get food together. They don't go out alone. They don't often fight and forage alone. They don't find food alone, but they run together. They run together because it's more safe. I believe also it's more effective. Again, you think about a prey. If you have yourself and say you're trying to take down a deer and you're a wolf. I'm not a wolf, but I'm thinking if I was a wolf, I'd like to be on this side of the deer and I'd like to have myself on that side of the deer. And if I had another of myself, I'd like him over here and I'd like one over there. And you say, what happens to the deer if there's four against one? Well, it might not be too good for the deer. The deer's probably going to be taken down and he's going to be food for the wolves, or the wild dogs. But a single wolf against a single deer, the deer's off and maybe again not the prey. What you see in the concept of wildlife, wildlife works together. Wolves work together. Dogs work together. You know, birds work together. It's amazing, again, when you think of a flock of geese or a flock of birds, they fly together. And as they fly together, the person that's in the lead is not always in the lead. You see that bee, the, the geese or the whatever it is, they fly together. Often you'll see that, you'll see sometimes where that, those front runners, so to speak, I'll call them that, They'll fly back and they'll take part in the back. Why do you say that? Why do they do that? Because they get worn out being in front all the time. They're breaking the wind for the other geese. And they're smart. They're innovative. Again, someone says they're smart and innovative. I think it's placed in them. It's instinctive put it placed in them to work as a team. As birds, they, they have, they're wise enough to know that if they break the wind for a while, they can rest while others break the wind for them. And again, you'll see birds working in teams, and not only that, but they also, again, sometimes be in positions where they'll help each other out after maybe a bird gets hurt and, and try to work as a team. I think about the penguin, and again, that's another bird, and how both mother and father take care of the young as a team. Helping, again, care for the bird and, 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 the, and, the, and the egg, so to speak, as it's, it's being formed into a a baby bird and how they care one for another. Again, uh, keeping that, that egg warm until that penguin is born and how one will go and forage for food with other protects and how they work as a team. Again, I think about fish and how they stick together as a team. Now, it's not a good thing necessarily today so much. I mean, not as much as it was in the past. But again, you know, fish in the lake, they often are found in, in groups. Along comes the person with a boat and a fish finder and says, you know, i got a good-sized group. I'm going to just take out a few or I'll take out as many as I can here. But you know why they function together, stick together? is because of other predators that come along. They stick together for protection. You know, families, again, work together because if one fall, the other can lift up the other. Again, as we think about things functioning as a team, it's needful for us to understand that 
teams are necessary. Again, can an oxen perform his duties again in a field without a yoke and a, and a, and a partner? Well, we don't have oxen today, but other countries maybe do. But can they perform? Can they even till the, till the ground? Just one ox. I got one ox. I'm going to be a farmer. Well, good luck. You got to start there. You need a partner to go with that ox. Again, a team of scientists, a team of inventors, Edison, Ford, they work together in teams. Team of, again, computer designers. Team of, again, again people, again, working, again, in, in a Christian organization. They can work as a team. Again, a group of people, again, maybe working to bring money to the missionary or help to the missionary in teams. Again, these are things that we see in the world in teams. And so as we think about teams, again, what is a team? It shouldn't be a foreign concept to anyone, but a team is a group of people working together. That's all it is. It's a team of people working together. It's a team of people working together towards a common goal. Maybe they want to win a game, and so they're working together to win a game. Again, a team is working together maybe to invent something. They want to invent something maybe that's new, that's helpful, that's needful. It's a group of people working together. We think about teamwork. What is teamwork? It's work. <laughs> it's sometimes work to be on a team. It's people working together on a team. Again, we have sports teams and media teams and all kinds of different teams. We could go on and on and talk about teams. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's turn there if you would. Again, I just looked a little bit online. I found out that the first professional team was paid back there in the eight, late 1890s. And again, the, the concept of fall football, so to speak, was really formed largely in, in the 1920s, professional football. And again, people were working together in teams, and they got together in teams, and the, people would watch teams, and people liked to see teams because people in teams work together. Because it's kind of neat to see how people function together. It's, it's, it's also, again, sometimes not so fun when you see people not working together. You see a quarterback have an idea where he's going to throw the ball, and the wide receiver thinks he has a different idea where he's going to catch the ball. And often the ball is dropped or not caught because the team isn't working together. But this team concept is also found in the New Testament. If you turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, six with me. First Corinthians chapter six. Actually, I got the wrong reference. I can tell already. Oh boy, that's good. <laughs> Where's my team player here? <clears throat> hmm. Trying to find. Anyways, so we're gonna find this here quick. Here, First Corinthians chapter. We are labors together with God. That's the passage I'm trying to come up with. If you got your computer, you could find that quick. But uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I thought it was, but maybe it's chapter 9. Um, boy, I wish someone 
had a partner that went through all my notes before this. This would have worked better as a team. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, First Corinthians three. That's that's where I want to be. First Corinthians chapter six. Six. First Corinthians chapter three. I got that written down. Wrong here. First Corinthians chapter three. Let's read here in verse number six to verse number ten. First Corinthians chapter six. Sorry, first Corinthians chapter three, verse number six. I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. He that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which he has given me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Now, what do we see here today in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? We see... To especially mention as working together in a husbandry. Now, husbandry is a farm setting. I'm not a farm expert. I don't understand a lot about farms. But again, I, I think about farming and all the things that go into farming. Some people, again, may uh, be in a position where they just work on plants. Another, again, maybe cattle or something else along that lines. And in that situation, in the husbandry or farm setting, there are many different things that a farmer needs to do. If he has cattle, I'm sure he's going to be in a position where he's caring for the cattle. Again, in, this, in a session, again, he's going to be in a position where, again, he's tending the cattle, he's feeding the cattle. He's, again, when the, uh, the cattle are going to have uh, infants or young or whatever, he has to take care of those cattle. He has to calf those cattle or whatever it might be. And and he's in a situation where he has to bring those cattle to market, so he has to fatten those cattle and things like that. And I think about how he works together to see this thing accomplished. It's over time. It takes work. It takes manpower. It takes labor. He takes his goods. He brings them to market. He sells them off. And again, it goes on and someone else processes the meat, whatever it might be. And you think about a plant, how someone tills it and how someone, again, waters it, and how someone, again, uh, may irrigate it, and how someone may come along and, and weed it, and how someone, again, will, in, in time, again, seem, seem to harvest it. And it mentions here that I have planted, Paul planted. He was what we call maybe a church planter. You'll see, again, he did that in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, he was involved with church planting. He would often plant and it comes along and says, Apollos watered. I think it's showing you here about Apollos. He was someone known of the church at Corinth, but his ministry is more along the lines of watering. Now, watering, again, might be a concept you, again, might I think, well, what's that about? That's tending to what is planted. It's tending to what is planted. And so, again, along would come Paul, and Paul would uh, plant, so to speak, the word of God, and it would take root, and people would be saved in the place, and Apollos would come along and water. He would work with those people. He'd take the water of the word of God and he would take that, or that word, so to speak, and, 
And he would water that upon the hearer and help develop them for ministry. And it goes on in verse number six, but God gave the increase. God produced the fruit. God gave the results. God was behind it all. They worked together as a team. We see this team concept here. But it's not just Apollos and it's not just Paul. It goes on there, it says, And now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husband. Ye are God's building. Verse 9, I think, moves not only from Apollos and Paul, but to the church. It says, We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. And so there's a need for teamwork in Christian ministry. There's a need for teamwork when it comes to helping or assisting each other. I want us to turn back to Ecclesiastes here quickly, and then we're going to turn to the New Testament, to the book of Luke again. I want us again to consider again why things function best in teams. Because first of all, I want us to notice and know here, again here this morning, that things work together best in teams because people can help each other in a team. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward of the air. If they fall, the one will lift up the, his fellow. But woe to him that is alone where he, when he falls, for he hath another to help him. Why are things best in teams? Because there's the ability for us to help in a team. You know, that's why, one of the rewards of being part of a team. You can help in a team. If someone falls, we can help in a team. We can work together as team members, so to speak, to help someone who's fallen or someone that needs help. Let's turn to Luke chapter 5. Are you in a setting where you're looking to help someone else? Or are you in a setting where you need sometimes assistance or help from somebody else? That's why there are teams. Luke chapter 5 here, and uh, verse number 18, it says, And behold, Men brought in a bed a man which had been taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And so there's a man bringing again a man who has a disease, and uh, they're laying uh, again this man before the Lord Jesus, and it says a verse number 19, but they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude and they went upon a house tile and let him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst of before Jesus. And when they saw their faith, he saith unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this man that speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And I'm not going to go into, again, the, the idea, concept that Jesus is able to forget sins, but I want you to see here, verse number 18, there are men working together to help a man who is sick. You know, one of the responsibilities of believers, especially in people in general, should be to help those that are sick. A team of physicians will help someone who needs help. Again, you see a team of medics You'll see a team in an ambulance setting. You'll see a team, sometimes of police officers. 
You see, a team, when it comes to, again, maybe rescuing someone who maybe is caught in another country in a hostage situation, you'll see a, a team brought together. Here we see men brought together. It could be women, it could be whoever. It, but in this case, it's men bringing a man, a man who needs help uh, to Jesus. And this, again, is something that we as a church especially should realize that our goal is, again, to bring one at a time to Jesus. Bring one at a time to Jesus. Oh, surely we like to take a multitude and bring them all to Jesus, but it takes a lot of times just a team of people to bring one to Jesus. Let's turn to Mark chapter 2. As we see again this team, it mentions men. It doesn't tell us how many, but how many men were involved in this situation that brought this man to Jesus? Doesn't give us a name. So it doesn't really matter who the names are, to be honest with you. But again, we should be in a position that we should be trying to bring the hurting to Jesus. Those that need help to Jesus. And here in Mark chapter 2, we see a parallel account to this. And it tells us how many were involved with this situation of bringing this palsied man to Jesus. Let's go ahead and pick up in Mark chapter 2. and verse number 3 and verse number 4, it says, And they come unto him, bringing one stick of the palsy, and he was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let him down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I want you to notice the number in the team. Not that it really matters, but again, here we see again the number in the team. The number in the team was four. Four men involved here. Not two, not three, not one, but four. Four men carrying a man to Jesus. That's, again, I think, again, a, a, you know, it's just a, it's a great way to carry a person if you had the opportunity to carry a person. Four people, an average person not weighing that much. Maybe, again, maybe this is a fatter person or maybe not. Maybe just a bigger person or whatever. Maybe we shouldn't mention a number. He's a 500-pound man. No, just kidding. Uh, no, but... Uh, Let's say a 200-pound man. Almost everyone here who's probably 10 years older, 10, 10, 10 years old or older can carry maybe 50 pounds. I mean, if you had to, you'd carry 50 pounds. But imagine trying to carry a man who was 200 pounds if you were just one man. Now, there's ways to carry a person. The firemans carry, they teach that in the military, how you carry a man. How you sometimes carry a man, maybe if you have to do it all yourself, you might have to, maybe sounds not so fun, but you might have to drag that person by their legs. I mean, it's just not a good concept of one carrying one, is it? I mean, if I had to carry anyone here, if I had to carry anyone in a situation you fell down and I had to carry you, how would it be easiest to carry you? Just me and another guy? You know, even that's kind of hard. Me and another guy, that's, that's not an easy task. But imagine you had a friend who was palsying, and you knew if you could bring him to Jesus, he could be healed. And he has a severe disease. Well, I think you'd want to seek for a few to carry that man. And this, these guys work together, four of them. Let's just say this guy was 50 pounds. If he was palsy, he probably didn't weigh you know, 200 pounds. But I'm just saying... Carry a man to Jesus. And carrying that man up onto a, hill, uh, onto a housetop 
to bring him to Jesus. Now someone says, well, that's easy. There would have been a ladder there. Yes, there more than likely would have been a ladder there. But imagine carrying a man up a ladder to bring him to Jesus. Imagine taking four of you and deciding to not only to take you take that person up the ladder onto the roof, but also to disassemble the roof. It certainly would be easier to do it with four. And if someone said something about it, you could also say, well, this is our friend, and this is our friend, and this is my friend, and this is my friend, and I'm, I'm trying to bring him to Jesus. Can you see again here the concept of teamwork? Can you see the concept of caring for someone else? Can you see the concept of loving someone enough to bring him to Jesus. Do we work that hard to bring people to Jesus? I don't know how hard you work, and I don't know how hard others work to bring people to Jesus, but these four men were special men that brought a man to Jesus. They worked as a team to carry that man. They worked as a team to climb to the roof to bring that man to Jesus. They worked as a team to disassemble the roof together. And they worked as a team to lower that man from the roof down to Jesus. And it's an amazing event here in the Bible. And it mentions in verse number five these words, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Certainly knew that this man needed help, needed healing, needed salvation. Thy sins be forgiven thee. What was the worst part of this man's life? His sins. His sins need to be forgiven. And we see here in the Bible, four men bring a man to Jesus so his sins could be forgiven him, but also that his body might be healed. But you see here in the Bible, teen concept. What is teen concept in the Christian life involved? I just want to mention here in verse number five, it mentions faith. Jesus saw their faith. They had a working faith. They had a team faith. They had a faith that involved them working together to bring a man to Jesus. As we think about the concept of teamwork, teamwork involves helping bringing someone help. Helping bringing someone help. Assisting someone else. That's what the Christian life is about seeking to help somebody else. But let me encourage you to work in a team to do that, if at all possible. Let's turn to Mark chapter 6. Again, as we think about helping someone, uh, you could help them in a number of different ways. You could help them spiritually. You could help them physically. You could help them maybe in a situation where they're sorrowing and you come to them and try to encourage them in some way or try to be a blessing to them in some way and you You help someone else out. Teamwork involves help in the spiritual realm. Let me say this. Secondly, if you look at Mark chapter 6, verse number 7, and uh, also verse number 12, we see in the Bible, again, when it comes to team ministry and the work of the ministry, we see that often evangelism was done in teams. Mark chapter 6, verse number 7. And called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth two by two, and gave them power of unclean spirits. And so here he sends out people, and he doesn't send them out one by one, but he sends them out two by two. Jesus 
The most wise of all people understands the concept of sending people two by two to evangelize. It's just a smart concept. You see that in verse number 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And as they went out and preached that men should repent, keep in mind these weren't just individuals. It wasn't Peter preaching here and John over here and Thomas over here and this other guy over here. The concept of team ministry and sending out people to evangelize in teams is found in the Bible. Now we understand that evangelism can be done one-on-one. The woman at the well. She was just one person. Philip, one person. Again, the concept of doing evangelism one-on-one, John the Baptist did one-on-one. But you'll see if you turn to Luke chapter 10, we see the 12 disciples sent out in teams. And I just want to mention here in Luke chapter 10, verse number 1, it says, And after these things, the Lord appointed another 70 also and sent them two and two, before his face into every city and place wherewith he himself would come. I mean, we often have maybe the concept of evangelism and the evangelism of this world taking place by John the Baptist and Jesus. And that's about all there was, again, to begin with in the New Testament church. But that's not true at all. We would see 35 teams sent out. And what does it say? into every city and place. So again, as you think about the concept of the New Testament, we think, you know, we're taught in Sunday school and everything else. We think about, okay, it's Jesus and his disciples and they went here and Jesus and his disciples and they went there. And Yeah, they did do that to begin with. And he taught them and he preached before them. But then in time, he sent those men out two by two. The people he discipled, he sent them two by two to different places. And again, they evangelized in teams. And often in bigger teams than two. I don't have time today, but check out the book of Acts and see how Luke and Timothy and uh, others there work together in bigger teams in evangelism. Imagine if we as Baptists would actually work in teams. (laughs) It it doesn't really happen much, does it? I'm just saying it doesn't happen in any church denomination to a large degree. Imagine, again, the missionary being sent to, we hear of Dave Livingston, but what, what, Dave Livingston and who? We, we think of, again, maybe ones that went to the settlers and we say, well, this guy died at age 29. I mean, his wife died earlier, often. <laughs> and, and, and he went and he died at age 29 amongst the Indians. Adonijah Judson. You know, actually, he actually worked in a team. I mean, you think about it in general, I mean, the, the concept of teams, and I'm just saying, again, the evangelist uh, reaching out to the world should be done. It can be done one-on-one. I'm not saying it can't, but it's better to be done in two. If they fall, one will lift up the other. Somebody says, well, so-and-so, that family returned from the mission field. Well, let me ask you why they may have returned from the mission field. Because they didn't have a team. They didn't have a team. When we think about teams, and I'm not here again to uh, browbeat anyone or browbeat us in a general sense, but preachers, two preachers that taught. Do you know Luke taught? Do you know Luke could preach? Paul preached? Barnabas preached? Barnabas and Paul preached together? Mark probably did some teaching? 
These all worked in teams. These, uh, these are New Testament thoughts. Again, the idea of teaching in teams, working together in teams, evangelizing in teams. You say, why is it better? Because if one fall, one can lift up his fellow. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We are in a spiritual battle today. And I want to say this, if we want to see... Again, God work again to give us victory. I, I believe we should work in teams and, and trying to see things done. I mean, sometimes a team takes one or, I mean, not one, it needs to have at least two. But again, maybe a team of 10 or a team of 20 or a team of 50 or a team of 100 certainly could do a lot more than just a team of one. You see houses sometimes built with teams. There's usually, again, several men working together or building a barn, again, Church buildings were often erected in teams, and the concept of teams, that's a needful thing. 1 Corinthians, again, talks about the need for teams and how, again, uh, Paulus and Paul and the church all work together as a team, working on the husbandry. First uh, Samuel, hopefully I t- told you to go there, First Samuel chapter 14, if you turn over there, Joshua judges Ruth in First Samuel chapter 14. In the army, in battle situation, it's just smart. It's wise to work in teams. Just seeing here again, uh, again, a team put together, just two. Uh, it mentions here again the bravery of Jonathan, and it mentions that verse number one. It says, and it says, Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to a young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistine garrisons. What is on the other side, but he told not his father. So here's Jonathan, and he decides he wants to go to battle, and he takes to battle him and another, his armor bearer. Look at verse number six. Again, I'm going to skip through some of this. It says that Jonathan said on the, on the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over onto the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be well. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or few. And his armor said unto him, Do all that is in thy heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Skip to verse number 9. If they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we shall stand in our place. And we'll, we'll not go up unto them. But if they say, come unto us, then we will go up. For the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. In verse 11, it says, And both of them discovered themselves in the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come up out of their holes. They hid themselves, and the men of the garrison answered Jonathan. And his armor bearers said, Come unto us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto his armor, Come up after us, for the Lord had delivered them into our hand. And Jonathan climbed up on his hand and his, and his feet, and his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer slew after him. Here we see team, teamwork in battle. Teamwork in battle. Jonathan is armor bearer, not Jonathan himself. Jonathan is armor bearer. Who slew these Philistines? Jonathan and his armor bearer. Never forget, it was Jonathan and his armor bearer. It was two, because two are better than one. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Why are two better than one? Because there's faith involved. There's also, again, teamwork involved. There's, again, working together involved. And there's, again, this concept of working together in battle. It's easier in battle in an enemy situation for an armor bearer and his uh, again, the, the guy who, again, who's main, the main, main fighter, you could call him, whatever it might be, to win in a battle than just a man to go into battle alone. Say, but David slew Goliath alone. Oh, absolutely, he did, alone. But he exercised faith in God, even in that situation, as he slew alone. Ecclesiastes 4, verse number 9, it says... Two are better than one because they have a good reward for the labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But one to him that is low when he falleth, he hath not another to help him up. Why team? Because working as a team, we can help one another. Why work as a team? Because we can evangelize together. Why work as a team? Because we can battle the enemies of God together. It's best to work in a team. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15, and I want to close here this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, working together as a team, we can accomplish a task. We can build something. We can help someone. We can assist someone who's fallen. We can bring a person to Jesus. We can help someone that's hurting. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58, the Bible says, Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, in the end, you're going to be rewarded for your labor in the Lord. Your labor is not and never in vain in the Lord. Team concept, something we should learn from the Bible. So many other things we could talk about, but again, let me encourage you to try to remember, again, we can work together to help each other. We can work together to evangelize. We can work together to battle against the enemies of God together. The devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. Let us encourage each other to work together towards a common goal. Let's close as we consider the word of God here this